The piece of music you're listening to is called Balkan Gypsy Party. I wrote it in about 2013. It's got an Eastern European feel, type of stuff you'd hear in a belly dance. At the time I wrote it, I was big into gypsy jazz and the music of the Romani people. You're listening to How I Make Music, a weekly podcast which breaks down a soundtrack that I've written and shares the stories and insights behind how it was made. My name is John Bartman, I'm a music composer and producer from South Africa, and this is How I Make Music. For a while here in Cape Town, there was a very popular party called Balkanology. The music and the artists that were featured were really offbeat and wacky, never the type of stuff you'd hear in pop music or in charts. So it was a gathering of all the fringe partygoers in the Cape Town scene. The key to creating music that speaks and breathes with life and vitality is to make it as wacky and offbeat and weird and unique and ultimately as you as possible. The introduction to the song is a tuna tin, a can that I'm banging on with two knives, as well as a group clapping rhythm. When I write music, I often try to put myself in the place and time of the culture that it sounds like or represents. In this case, I envision a village with perhaps not a lot of infrastructure or access to modern and expensive recording gear but with all of the spirit required to make music so grabbing whatever utensils and whatever is lying around really to create rhythms so here we are augmenting that rhythm with some shakers What you hear next is a slightly out-of-tune melodica, which is a keyboard that you play by blowing. It's like a reed instrument, like a harmonica. So it doesn't sound too bad there, and in fact when instruments are slightly out-of-tune, it really gives them more humanity. Many software instruments actually include a feature to make your instrument sound more out of tune because the human ear tends to reject something that sounds too perfect. Take a listen to the lead melody, which is played by my friend and bandmate Zimasa Heisman in this song. I'll play it completely dry, in other words, no delay or reverb or effects on it. So a bit of backstory here, I play and release music in a band called Pravda. This song was originally a Pravda track, which we play live. The original title of the track is Harmonic Mixo. The scale being used in this song is in fact a G harmonic minor, which sounds like this. (laughs) 
Now, if you take the last four notes of that scale and you start the scale there, it sounds like this. Perhaps you can now hear the tonality that this melody is rooted in. Now, I'm not sure if there's actually a thing called a harmonic mixolydian scale, but I gave it that name because it makes sense to me. And besides, wars have been fought over music theory issues like this, and I don't have time for a war. The point is that the scale has a nice Middle Eastern or Eastern European tonality because of this series of intervals. So I chose that as the starting point for the melody. The clarinet is also featured in this type of music. It's an instrument which is played in Eastern European music. So that worked out quite nicely too, the fact that we had a classical major to do the part. Thanks for that, Zim. There you also heard a trumpet played by my other bandmate, James Birchall. Towards the end of the track, there's a moment where the clarinet and the trumpet are sort of trading, the clarinet playing the main melody line and the trumpet improvising in the gaps between. You can also hear a fair amount of reverb and delay, the echoing and spacey sounds. Reverb and tap delay like this are your best friends if you're trying to create any kind of mysterious or psychedelic vibe. The acoustic guitar in this song is played with a teaspoon. This is a little technique I call a teaspoon roll. During the guitar solo later, you hear what's actually a horrible sound. It's the chirping sound of the guitar strings being played. It sounds like a high-pitched squeaking between the notes. I've heard these called seagulls before. They're a problem for acoustic instruments. When you slide your finger up the string, it makes that horrible sound. I thought I'd point that out because it goes back to the philosophy of working with what you've got at the time. This is going back a few years now for me and I didn't really have access to very good microphones or the time to uh, volume automate those chirps out. So I just released it as it was anyway. It's more important to get your items on the shelf than it is to make sure that they are absolutely polished. Now take a listen to this sound and see if you can guess what it is. And one more time. That is the sound of a piece of paper being torn and run through a flanger, which is a modulation effect. I thought, let's try something I've never done before, let's try something really weird, and something that fills the role of what in electronic music they call a sweep, which is like often leads up to big drops or breaks in the song. 
every so often you have to do really wacky things like this if you're going to stay human in an age of automated music. The bass line for the song was recorded by my double bassist friend Jacques Lowe on his stick bass. Something funny, that cell phone ringing that you just heard was in fact Jacques Lowe calling me right now. Anyway, here's the bass part. The whole song is just two chords, D and D-sharp. It's an unusual chord progression because in Western harmony there isn't much use of the flat two. In other words, we normally go from a D to an E. The fact that it goes from D to D-sharp gives it a, the feel of modal music. Modal music is a term used to describe music that seems to be being played away from its tonal center. In other words, as I explained earlier, the song is actually in G minor. So, that's our tonal center. But the fact that we are playing it up here now, and using this little bridge, makes it feel like throughout the entire song, you want it to resolve to go home like this. but it never does. So modal music is a way of constantly skirting around this tonal center. Modal music like this has the effect of keeping the listener in a state of suspended tension, if that makes sense. You're constantly wanting to resolve and you sense that there is a tonal center that you're not returning to, but it never does. It's a way of creating lift in music. At the time that we made this track, we were all so into electronic music that we considered a track unfinished unless it contained some electronic element. For this reason, I created a little buzzing op sawtooth wave sound throughout most of the track. The other electronic component to this track is a monster uh, oscillator boom sound. These two minor electronic additions distinguish this track somewhat from authentic world music. Both of these electronic sounds are super raw. They haven't been treated much in any way. This was in line with the thinking behind the rest of the track with the guitar chirping sounds, the seagulls, as well as the out-of-tune melodica, and the tuna cans. They're all really DIY and amateur ways of creating music, and this was a deliberate effort in this track, not to try and create sounds that were too polished, but rather to draw on the sound of a village somewhere in Eastern Europe that didn't perhaps have a lot of access to uh, fancy equipment. The point is that sometimes it, for an artistic vision to be communicated, it's necessary to make something sound deliberately worse than it could, not to correct all of the mistakes that have been made. When the long-awaited Portishead album Third came out, I was horrified to hear the 
nylon guitar playing on the track The Rip. To me, that sounds really bad. It sounds like it's a demo take that hasn't been corrected, but Portishead released it anyway. And not because they were out of time, but because it was an artistic statement. And here I am, how many years later, with that track in my mind, still lingering on because of the fact that the guitar was not perfect. It was deliberately not perfect. To me, that's inspiring, and it does comment somewhat on the state in which we find ourselves, the state of recorded music in the age of autotune. I'll leave any further observations up to you, but just bear in mind that music that sounds perfect is more often than not rejected by the human ear after a very short time. We'll listen to the full track in just a moment, but before we do that, thanks for listening to How I Make Music, a weekly show which breaks down an original track, soundtrack, that I've written and shares the stories and insights behind how it was made. If you'd like to support my work, subscribe to the podcast, head over to Apple Music to comment on the show. You're also able to download the track from this episode, Balkan Gypsy Party, via my website, johnbartman.com, J-O-H-N-B-A-R-T-M-A-N-N.com, Go to the music page, you can search my entire library of original tracks by keyword, genre, title, mood or instrument. So you might find this track if you search for Tuna. You can download the track from there and use it in your YouTube video, audio drama, podcast, license free if you need a license for any reason, like commercial usage, just get in touch with me via the contact page. Thanks very much again for listening. Now here's Balkan Gypsy Party. A Eastern European inspired belly dance gypsy type soundtrack in its entirety. <laughs> 